Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. So we just got back from the, uh, from the beach, from Clearwater area. I was just reminded, sitting on the beach on those days, um, brilliant atmosphere, right? Beautiful. Um, just looking out into the, to the ocean or the gulf where we were at, the clouds, the water just coming together, the beautiful sand. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like it's just those images that stick with you and even when you're thousands of miles away they come to your mind often but I was reminded of one thing um thank God for the wind amen because if you ever sat on the beach like you just cook unless there's this this life-giving wind that starts to blow through right and um I just was reminded now sometimes the wind on the beach can be quite an adventure if you know what I'm talking about if you try to set an umbrella up or something um, I've actually known what it is to be on a on a crowded beach I've sat up the umbrella I've got all the you know how it is parents when you're trying to take all the stuff out to the beach dragging it through the sand the whole ritual and and you get your your umbrella set up in the sand or two umbrellas like our family's a two umbrella family or uh, you know and like you get everything situated there's people around but you've got your own spot and the wind starts to kick up and you know what happens right the embarrassment of your umbrella taking off And now people are dodging and ducking your umbrella while you're running through the sand trying to get to it, right? The wind's such a wonderful thing. You know, the wind was also such a valuable, it still is, but it was valuable uh, in years gone by. It was such an important part of trade and commerce in the world. It was the only way that ships could move across The sails would fill with the wind and be moved along. You know, the wind was a wonderful thing, and and I I guess we kind of get the whole sailing thing. Probably most of you, even kids, understand what I'm talking about now because of, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean movies and stuff like that. You kind of grab an idea. Before motorized boats, merchants, explorers, sailors, they all depended on the wind. Except for one place. One place where the wind became not their friend. That was a place that they coined the doldrums. The doldrums. Now, we use the term doldrums today uh, in a way like dull, lifeless. That's what it means. It's being bored, restless, in a slump. And this place, there's a specific region along the equator where the weather illustrates this whole condition, lifeless. It's this way the earth rotates and the clouds and the currents of the northern hemisphere collide with the currents and the clouds and the winds of the southern hemisphere and it just, everything sits still. In fact, it's so lifeless that if you got caught in the doldrums, it was worse than our modern day getting caught in the Bermuda Triangle. 
The other thing, the factor that existed was because everything just sat there, storms would start to just pour out in crazy strong ways. And it was a common occurrence. In fact, way more than common, probable, that if you got caught in the doldrums, you weren't going to make it. You had nothing. They tried everything. They could not figure out how to get their boats out once they got in. Stuck in a zone, no wind, no breath, no life, nothing to motivate, nothing to move along. And I've thought about that because as a pastor, I have had repeatedly times people look at me with this doldrum kind of look in their eyes and say, I just still feel like I'm figuring out what God wants me to do with my life. I just feel like I'm stuck. I'm just listless. I've had people 60, I've had people 35 look at me and say, I just don't feel like I've figured out. What I'm supposed to do with my I've seen the fear in a 65-year-old man's life when he looks at me and says and realizes most of my life is over. And I'm not sure what it really accounted for. Right? And I think often we find ourselves in the doldrums of purpose. Of what does God want to do with me? I want to live for something bigger than myself. I want my life to matter when I leave. I want my life to live on beyond my life. I want to make a difference for something bigger than myself. Obviously, we've walked through this summer a Loving Your Neighbor series. We've tried to understand from every angle what that looks like. And so... As we finish, and this is kind of a transition Sunday, as we move into a ministry-focused month in August like we've done in the past, I want to tangibly give you something to help you, a tool. I want to continue to prick your mind and your heart into always being able to fully have confidence that I know how I'm created. I know what God gave me. I know how he gifted me. I know I'm being used. I know where I'm supposed to be used. And I know the purpose of my life. So this is kind of a rollout from last week. And remember, we shared verses like Peter telling, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We talked about this reality That we serve each other to then serve the world. There is this idea of the body of Christ seeing that, first of all, we find out what strengthens our family within. And we give ourselves completely to serving the others is, first of all, the family of God. But out of that, together we realize that we're called to serve the world together. This is why, again, we see things like Paul saying, listen, 
I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifting. I want you to understand that as a believer, there's something else going on in your life. There's something you need to know. And it's a purpose I've given you to live into. It's not just, oh, got my ticket punched and now I can kind of coast along till I get to heaven and then I got eternity. No, like the whole reality of what God is wanting to do. Eternity is starting now. Now. The kingdom of heaven is coming now into this world, breaking in now. And it's, it, he's wanting to use us to help him or to be used by him to see the kingdom of heaven reach into a lost, dying world so that more and more can know him, live for him, and find the joy of salvation in him. And he says, the way I do that is I've given each one of you different kinds of gifts. There's, these are, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all, in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. My notes are a jumbled mess right now. So I'm, I'm, but I want to remind you of something I said last week. The common good is why you were wired the way you're wired. The common good is the way God created you. With intelligence, with personality, with relational skills, with uh, uh, the, the engineering mind or the whatever. It's not to enrich yourself. You see, talent is used by the world to possess money, fame, and position, right? Talked about this last week. The kingdom uses talent to advance the gospel and kingdom of Jesus Christ. And what we see is that God is telling us as believers that God has given us talents. He's given us gifts. He's given us ability. In fact, the word that's used for gift is that word charismata, which is, it's a grace gift. It's like you don't work a while and then earn it. It's given to you. And, and actually the way it's given, it's given in God's wisdom. Like you don't get to say, oh, okay, so uh, on this whole thing, when I sign up, then, like, we're so used to this in our consumer, like, okay, so then I get to pick an option of what I would like. So, like, uh, teacher, and give me that and that. No, God in his wisdom knows how he wired you, right, and created you, and he says, I know the best way for you to live out purpose, and I'm going to sovereignly give you these gifts. So he sovereignly and undeservedly gifts us. That's a wonderful reality, right? I, I, like, so often people think, well, I've got to be a Christian long enough before I can be used. I, I've got to understand enough things before God can use me. I, I've got to come from all this stuff. And it's like, no, you're a believer. The Holy Spirit is in you. Along with that comes this supernatural grace gift of God in a talent, a gift, an ability. Many times it's multiple. God has a purpose has a purpose for your life and your spiritual gifts are the equipment he gives you to do what he asks you to do. And so with that being said, I wanted to once again and you guys are tired of this, but 
there's a lot of tools out there to try to direct your mind and heart, to, to give you something to grab a hold of. I continue to like shape. I'm not saying shape is the best way. It's, it's the way I like the best. You can find all sorts of things to help you, tools. But I'm going to keep bringing you back to shape right now. Shape is how do I get my life in shape, right? It's kind of a, you know, using the word and our rage with fitness. And we get that. And we know that being in shape is, it brings effectiveness. It brings healthy living. And so in this idea is what's the shape of my life as a whole and purpose and meaning and how I live out. I want to remind you that uh, there are ways to figure out how in the world God wants us to be used. It's through our spiritual gifts, right? But it's also through our heart, our passions. God gives each one of us certain passions uh, specifically for different things that he wants to uh, take what we are passionate about and he wants to stoke that flame into a raging fire until we can't help but act in our world for those in things that are unjust and unfair. And the result of a dysfunctional, chaotic, broken world where people are hurting. We get passionate about certain things with that. He wants to use that. He wants to use the natural abilities that he's given to us. He wants to use our personality. He wants to also then take, where have you been? What have you walked through? And oftentimes God uses your own experience to then do ministry through you to people who are suffering from similar issues. Amen? Are we alive? We good today? All right. I don't have anything to throw at you. So. I do have a communion cup here, but that just seems all sorts of wrong. Teasing. And so what I've handed out to you is simply the paper copy of a shape diagnostic. It asks you questions. It invites you to consider what are your spiritual gifts? Uh, seriously, I, I, I so badly sometimes want to look at somebody and say, hey, what are your spiritual gifts? Right now, tell me. What's your first one? What's your second one? I, I, I feel like I meet a lot of people who have, would have no clue what their spiritual gift is. Right? What are you passionate about? What has God given you a natural ability and personality to use for his glory, for the common good? And we hand out this copy today, and we were going to maybe have you do it, but it takes a long time. And none of us want to be here till noon, right? So I'm giving you the paper copy, because really what I'm hoping is as you breeze through that, you'll be willing to then go home and go to freeshapetest.com. What's that first word? How many people like that? Free. Freeshapetest.com. You go on there, you take it online, like it, it's, it's just, just answer the question, it all, and, it, and it spits it out for you instead of having to do all this math on this paper copy, right? And it kind of tells you, and it helps you to come to a, 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 like a realization of this is who I am, this is how I'm wired, this is what I'm passionate about, this is what I can do, this is where, these are the areas. And there's an important part of that test. It gives you the option to say, hey, the results of this test can be emailed to your pastor. (laughs) 
Would you please do that? Not because I'm nosy. But our hope and goal, I'm just being practical today, is that we can start to create a database. New members do this. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. I have your, I have a folder on my computer that shape tests already. People have taken them. I've put them in there. The hope is that more and more of you do this, we create a database. So that when we see, hey, we are lacking some teachers. Who among us has been gifted by God to teach? We're, we're just going to stop trying to put round, or how do we say this? Square pegs into round holes. Right? How many of you have been and served in a situation in a church somewhere where you knew it wasn't what you were good at? But you did it simply because there was need. Right? There's so many among us that oftentimes we just see need and we're like, well, I guess no one else is going to do it, so I'll do it. But the whole time you're dying inside. That's me in the preschool room. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Some people are like, I don't know how you get up there and talk in front of people and aren't you stressed out and all that stuff. No, not anymore. You put me in the preschool room today for two services. I'm going home and it's going to take three days to decompress. I know that's, that's just not the way I'm wired. We want to be able to figure out better who we are as a body. What our strengths are. And how we can then come alongside and say, hey, you know, like, you, you test it out in this. You really like this. This might be life-giving for you. You might be actually finding purpose where there's also joy in serving. Like, you're energized by that. Maybe it's Wednesday night being a, 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 a what do we call them? A sponsor or a youth worker. You, you know, you might, that, that might be something that like, whoa, I, I absolutely love my Wednesday nights. I love my group of kids. I love my small group of teenagers. I found out that it gives me joy. It gives me, and I feel like as I pour into them, I I live into something way beyond myself. Amen? And this is what we're just practically wanting to do. As we shift gears from loving your neighbor series into ministry focus, hey, here's opportunities for a month for you to think about. Well, that missing piece is, who are you? What do you do well? How are you wired? What are you passionate about? Where could you be most effective in ministry? I am begging you, please, take the test, put the email in. I guess if you don't want to send it to me, you send it to Justin. I don't care who you send it to on staff. All our email is pretty easy. It's our first initial last name at napnaz.org, right? There's no excuse not to know our email. Just punch it in there, send it along. Help us as a church begin to figure out how to best be used together. Freeshapetest.com. What I am asking you to do is please do it. Don't live in anonymity any longer. Put yourself out there. Make yourself accountable. I did the test. I know for myself. I sent it to a staff member. They know who I'm at. I'm not going to be surprised that when we have a teaching position and I test out as, 
gifted at teaching. They come alongside, hey, I noticed you're a teacher. Would you be willing to teach this class? Too many of us for too long have lived in, I can't say that word again, anonymously. And we floated under the radar. And we need things like this to keep us accountable, to start moving toward, I'm not going to live in the doldrums of purpose in my life. I'm going to figure out who I am, what I do well, and where I can be used in the kingdom of God in this church and then with this church into the world. I want you just to recognize something real fast. I just want to read some scripture for you to think about what Paul says about the gifts. So Christ himself, he gifts people. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Guess what? That's how God is calling people out. That's how God is gifting certain among us to be these things, to equip his people for works of service. It's in Corinthians uh, that he says this, to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And I'm not going to take, this is not the purpose of today. There's, there's gifts, there's workings, there's, there's, right? But like God is gifting his people to fulfill all sorts of roles in his body for the common good, to give you purpose and meaning. I really want to just for a minute think about Romans chapter 12. For it's just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members not, don't have all the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God gives different kinds of graces to each according to the gift you've been given. Like there's the common, saving, sanctifying, working, transforming grace of God, right? That we all share in and live in. But there is absolutely a sense where God then graciously equips and empowers you for the role he's called you to. He says this, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I mean, think about all these things. He said if it's prophecy, prophecy is that divine enablement to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely and cultural sensitive fashion for correction, repentance, or edification. The ability to reveal God's word accurately. And there are those among us today who are always asking this question. People with this gift are asking what went wrong and what caused this. They're trying to help always bring a biblical perspective to where we're at, why we're at, why we struggle, what's the answer, right? Some of you are wired that way. 
And you need to use this gift. Think about, he says, service to those, uh, to some there's gifts of service. Then serve, service, the divine enablement to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of physical tasks within the body of Christ. The ability to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs that releases other Christians for direct spiritual ministry. Some of you. This is exactly how God has wired you. In fact, I think all of us know that uh, amongst us, there's one person that I've personally seen for 30 years live this out, right? Guess what he's doing right now? He's in the back. Anybody know Darren Yaki? Like, to me, when I read this verse, I think of the divine enablement to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of physical tasks within the body of Christ. Like, he doesn't know I'm going to say this. He's probably going to stay in there now for three hours. Like, his legacy is going to be, we're going to look back and say, Darren never taught. He didn't want, right? He knew that wasn't his lane. Darren, I don't know, he might be super wealthy. Uh, If he is, come on. Like, giving, like, Darren knew how he was wired. And he has done that now faithfully for year after year after year so that Sunday mornings go like this, so that the church facilities look wonderful. He enhances the body of Christ over and over. This is his gift. And he always is asking, what can I do to help? Right? He's not going to die and we're not going to know what was the purpose of Darren's life. We're all going to know, right? Teaching. He didn't pay me to do that either. The divine enablement to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth. Ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented. People with this gift are always asking, what is the truth? Where did you get that? And why? There are amongst us in this room today gifted teachers. That God wants to continue to use you or call you out to answer these questions. What is truth? Where do you get it? Why? And you enhance the body of Christ when you lean into this gift and allow God in your mind and the way it's wired to then spill out as you study and share. We're lifted up to understand the kingdom and the biblical perspective. Amen. Exhortation. Encouragement is the word. The divine enablement to come along another in need, to encourage, to reassure, to strengthen, to affirm, to challenge those who are discouraged or wavering in their faith. Ability to stimulate the faith of others. People with this gift are asking, what must be done to fix this? How can we move to wholeness? And for the sake of embarrassing more people today, I could sit here today and over these six and a half years, I can point at people who I know have this gift and have used it repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. My own journey with Christ at pivotal times when I was despairing, wanting to quit as a young believer, wanting to get distracted, wanting to live well below the purpose and plan of God for my life, it was people with this gift who came alongside me and reassured me, strengthened me, affirmed me. They even challenged me. So needed, so needed, so needed. What about the gift of giving? Everybody wants to sign up for this, right? 
the divine enablement to earn money and to manage it well. And wisely contribute to the work of the Lord with cheerfulness and liberality. Ability to entrust personal assets to others for the furtherance of their ministry. What can I give to meet Some of you, God is just wired with a good, sound business mind or whatever. And God has blessed you in those ways. Of course, if this is but a blip on the eternal radar, of course those resources are to be used for what? That's what Jesus in that parable, like, uh, make friends, that la- right, for eternity. Like that, that parable of what do you do with your resources? Well, you better use it for the glory of God. Because 100 years from now, no one gives a flip how much you had when you died. But eternity is going to reveal how that was used, right? Some of you have been given this gift and you just naturally are givers. You're, you're just, you're conduit. Leadership, the divine enablement to see what needs to be done, set goals, attract and lead and motivate people to accomplish the work of ministry, the ability to coordinate the activities of others for the achievement of common goals. People with this gift ask, what's the goal? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? And there is among us people who are leaders. You're leaders. You get this. This is the way you're wired. Please don't sit on the bench while the game's being played. Please, the body of Christ desperately needs leaders. People that organize. People that understand the pieces and put the puzzle together. Not only are we depending on you to use this gift to strengthen us, but we are depending on you guys to help us know how we serve our world what that looks like, and how to truly see the kingdom advance in Henry County. Gift of mercy, right? If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The divine enablement to minister cheerfully and appropriately to people who are suffering or undeserving and to spare them from punishment or consequences justly deserved. Ability to identify with and comfort those who are in distress. People with this gift are concerned with how Can I make it better? And again, just from my limited experience, I know some of you. I've watched you. You see suffering and you just are compelled to run to it. You just embrace those people and you're used by God to lift them up to come alongside you. If it's mercy, do it cheerfully. You're always asking the question, What can I do to make them feel better? Do you realize I just, in about 10 minutes' time, walked through one passage of what Paul explains gifts are? There's Corinthians, there's Ephesians. We could have broke them down. I just broke down Romans 4, um, 6, 7, and 8. Right there, it's just loaded with all sorts of potential like to direct us into our purpose and into what God wants to do to use us. I would remind you of this as we move from knowing that we're supposed to love our neighbor into where that can be done. It's five reasons you should use your gift. 
direction and purpose for your life. Freedom to embrace and enjoy who you are. Joy that results from impacting lives. Affirmation of your victory in Christ. And accountability as all of us will be held accountable or responsible for the stewardship of our gift. And so like last week, I'm going to share this with you as we go. Commit. Commit to discover, develop, and deploy your spiritual gift. Pray seeking spiritual guidance. Study the gift passages in God's word. Seek quality counsel. Test the waters. Try it out. See, examine the joy factor and recognize God's blessing. Amen? Oh my goodness. I'm just going to have to keep talking if you don't say amen. You know how we work up here. If we don't think you heard us, then we think we got to talk longer, right? You just make the whole thing so much worse. You guys should learn quickly, like at 9.35, say amen really loud, and then I quit. <laughs> but as we finish a celebration day, and as the band comes to finish us out with a song, and once again to celebrate Callie and Tawny and, and Brady, this great day for them. And I encourage you, if you see them, give them a hug. Uh, tell them that you're praying for them. I want to remind you, that none of us were called to live in the doldrums of purpose. God wants to take your life and to use you in an incredible way. Would you start to live into that, learn about it, go online, take the test, send it to our church, help us to put you in a database so you know when we ask you, we know how you're wired. Let's start this ball rolling even more and find out how we can have maximum effectiveness to see the kingdom come. Would you stand as we finish with a song? Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.